up, everybody? Welcome back to the Clap Bomb Podcast. I hope you guys had a good Canada Day and or 4th of July. I know I did. Eli, how was your 4th of July? Uh, it was good. Just spent it with my family uh, or who who's left at home, at least, um, and just hung out. Nice. Yeah. So it is episode 21, which I don't actually have in the notes. I have it as 20. should be 21. July 5th, 2021, we obviously took the Saturday off because it was July 3rd. I was kind of like, why, why bother rushing it to get it out? Let's just wait until Monday. Obviously we might have a Stanley cup fine award winner by the end of uh, tonight as we're recording. So not the best time to record, but I figured we got to get this out at some point. So if the cup is award tonight, well, too bad. And we're hoping that it's not, and we'll get into that series later, but we finally have some Blackhawks news to talk about, like good Blackhawks news uh, to start the podcast. Obviously, we talked about the the whole thing going on in Chicago, and I don't have any notes, but I'll quickly say the only thing that has really changed since the last time we mentioned it was that it was announced that they hired a private investigator. That's the only thing we didn't talk about, unless I'm missing something else, Eli. I don't uh, want to no, spend no, the... Much it. Okay, so yeah, that was the only thing that happened, I think it was like a day or two after we... Uh, post the last podcast so that's the only news we have on the Blackhawk situation and Gary Bettman did address it and by address it I mean totally avoided it at all costs in that press conference right before the Seneca final of game one so that's not really surprising and I just hope this gets taken care of but we do have some good news like I said and Eli how about you tell the the listeners the first thing on the list there um Jonathan Taze has announced his return with a video via his Twitter um, he said that he was out all year due to the chronic immune response syndrome, which um, people have like commented it and elaborated on what it is really. Um, it just di- affects different people differently. And it, how it affected Jonathan Taze was that his immune system was just blowing up and like he just couldn't fight anything and mix that along with COVID. It was just very dangerous for him to be around and out going out uh, so he was just at a very uh cautious spot because he couldn't he was just fighting so many things at once so i'm glad he's uh better uh he's been practicing with whoever's been in chicago um so i think that's been like connor murphy um some prospects probably um so it's nice to see him back yeah i agree i'm there i mean i was i was on the full mindset that he was going to retire i mean i really believed it and I'm glad he's not. I did see, I saw multiple reports. I saw reports saying he's aiming for a return. I've seen reports saying he is confirmed to be returning. I, I, I'm i assuming he's going to return. I, I feel like he wouldn't have posted a video. If no, he he's, he's returning. Right. So uh, it's, it's awesome. Uh, glad to see the Blackhawks captain back. And maybe he'll have some different leadership to work with this year because there's some rumors that a certain player in Chicago might be on his way out and it seemingly came out of nowhere. And I'm going to let Eli take the lead on this one because I think that's just the better idea. He probably has some more better, uh, some better insight on it. And Eli, go ahead. So to keep it brief, um, these, this is the information that uh, the general information on the situation, Uh, Keith has approached the Chicago Blackhawks to be traded closer to home. Uh, So he lives in uh, the uh, British Columbia uh, that's where his son lives. He has not spent much time around his son, so that's why he wants to do it. Um, so that would mean the Pacific Northwest, Western Canada, which is teams like Seattle, uh, Vancouver, Edmonton. I think that would also constitute as like 
is it California teams. I did see someone say something about uh, San Jose, which that would be also kind of weird. Um, Vancouver seems very unlikely. They, I think because, it's, they said they were out, I'm pretty sure. Or source yeah, it. they're out. And I think that's just because the history between Keith and the entirety of Vancouver. <laughs> right. uh, if you don't know, just go watch, just search it up. You can see some of the head hunting uh, Keith did on the Sedines um, and all that. It's, it's really entertaining. But um, the hot destination right now and hot rumor is Edmonton. Yeah. Uh, and the hot rumor back would be either like James Neal or bad contract and or Caleb Jones. Yeah. Who is the brother of Seth Jones. So that would be weird. Um, because he's not particularly good, um, but the, the 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 difference in the trouble of this tr- uh, trade right now is that the Hawks want to unload cap to get either Seth Jones or Dougie Hamilton, while Edmonton wants to uh, give up a, a band contract, like I said, James Neal, or the Chicago to retain probably half of Keith's contract, um, which is at like five point two or something um, for two more years. James Neal is probably I think is around five for another two years as well. Uh, so it's the Edmonton does not want their cap to change while Chicago wants to unload. So that's yeah. where it seems to be uh, differentiating, uh, differentiating. I think that's the right word. Mm-hmm. Um, right word. And exactly. so that's pretty much all that the rumor is so far. And I just have a few thoughts and opinions on Duncan Keith as a player. Um, and a lot of people are saying, well, outside the Hawks uh, organization, while a lot of the Hawks fans seem to be very deluded, in thinking Duncan Keith is still worth way more than a first rounder um, because there was a, there was a, a, a article that said uh, that was just proposing trades and it was like a second rounder and a fourth and Hawks fans were like, no way. I was like, okay, yeah, I, I guess there's no way Duncan Keith will be traded for that because he's not worth that. And they're saying the complete opposite. They're like, oh, he's worth weight. Bullshit. Um, but it's, it's kind of funny, but I just think Duncan Keith, Duncan Keith, Jesus, can still be very valuable player. The problem is Jeremy Carlton playing him 23 and a half minutes. He averaged yeah. 23, 20, uh, 23 minutes, 25 seconds uh, in 54 games. He had four goals, 11 assists. He was a minus 13 for people who that actually care about the minus uh, plus minus stat. If you play him 16, to 18 minutes, and give him like a kind of a speedy defender to play with, he can be really good. Uh, the problem last year was that he was pinching a lot and he would get stuck in, you know, there'd be an odd man rush. But if he had a, a defender who can cover um, and play him less so he can have some more speed for the whole entire season, I think he can be a fantastic player still. A fantastic top four option for any team. And it just, it makes me mad when people say this guy is, you know, done. Uh, because he's not, he's, he's the pinnacle of a player in shape. He is so on top of his body. Um, I think anyone who's like a teammate of Keith will say he's one of the, uh, he's a, like he, he takes care of his body. I don't know what the word is like a, a health maniac. Yeah, sure. Or something yeah. like that. He like, I'd say on top, uh, stays on top of it. But I just think that he, he can be a great player still, and I, I just think he can be a wonderful addition to any team. Okay, well, well just said. I mean, I mean, that's that, that's nicer than what I would have said about Duncan Keith, but Eli definitely knows more about him than I do, and I, I do agree with you about how he's on top of his body. I mean, 
all about that. I mean, I mean, he is a chiseled man. I mean, he's a beautiful man. So, I mean, and yes, you even said Duncan Keith, Jesus. Like, yeah, he is Jesus. He's got that beautiful hair. Oh, yeah. And no, the beard. The beard, too. Nice I beard this year. Look, I, I appreciate Duncan Keith in his prime. And maybe you're right. Maybe he can be a valuable top four. But I didn't even envision I told what Egan and I were talking about. I'm like, I mentally prepared for him to retire as a Blackhawk. I, I, I prepared to just have the Blackhawks be dealing with that contract for the rest of his career. And, and the, all of a sudden, Elliot Freeman just comes on and says, yeah, he's looking for a trade or the Blackhawks are. And I'm like, this, like they came out. No, like there were no, there's no lead up. Like there's been no talks about keep being traded. Cause it didn't seem possible. And, and now I'm kind of re- opening up to an idea of, you know, cause Seth Jones is Elliot Freeman also came out saying the Blackhawks are looking to get Seth and Caleb Jones this year. And if Keith isn't on the team, you know, I'm open to Seth Jones. If Keith was still there, I'm like, no, we can't, they can't, they can't get Seth Jones. Like what? I'd be open to Dougie Hamilton too. Now, uh, just because of Keith going, I'd be open because that's, I mean, you're going to pay more for Dougie Hamilton than you would Keith, but obviously. Yeah. If you can pay the right price for Seth Jones, I'd be so down for it. Um, But I'm glad that it came out or someone reported that it seems the only untouchables for the Hawks, like, guaranteed untouchables mm-hmm. i know they're they're probably never trading Taze and kane but right. the actual untouchables are that man kirby doc and alex to which yeah. make me so happy that's great I, that, I think they can throw boquist in there but i don't think they want to trade either of those three uh young players no but so yes this is all trade for right price i'd be very happy it's all speculation but the fact that elliot freeman is tweeting it makes me think it's probably going to happen so well i also it, i think it's been Keith's been pretty open about wanting to be around his son. Yeah, but he never um, said like he wants to leave Chicago. He he doesn't want to leave Chicago. He loves Chicago. That's what is being reported. He loves Chicago, but in I'm sure he'll return to Chicago in some manner, like Brian Campbell has as right. a player development guy, um, or either coach. I can see him being a good coach. Okay. Not like Brookbank level. Brookbank sucks. Sheldon Brookbank is one of the worst defensive coaches in the entire NHL. And he has not been fired yet. But um, I, he, I think he wants to be in Chicago, but I think at this point in his career, he has two, two uh, years left on his contract. Yeah. You know, give him time with his son. Yeah. No, I, I, I hope he gets to go play with his uh, be with his son and he gets to go play you know, for a Canadian team. He's Canadian, you know, born and bred. So I, you know, it'd probably be a, a I wouldn't say a dream to play with the Oilers or, you know, the Canucks if that ever happened. But, uh, you know, I, I think he'd enjoy playing in Canada and being closer to his son. Or if he goes to Seattle, I would actually not mind that if he went to Seattle. How do you get a Keith Seattle jersey? Oh, yeah, 100%. First uh, Seattle captain for two years? That'd be nice. All right, let's calm down. I don't think so. I don't think so. I, <laughs> no, no. But anyway, hope it all works out for Keith and the Blackhawks. Hope the right deal is done. And we'll get into any speculations. Pro- I was telling you, like, probably next episode, we can probably start talking about, like, trade rumors and, like, really getting into it. And yeah. Talking about all this shit that's probably never even going to happen. But, you know, it's fun to talk about anyway. So, you know, uh, yeah, that is it. I do want to cover this. It actually just got announced this morning. And I, I don't even know what to really say. But I'm going to probably pronounce this, this gentleman's name wrong. So, please... You know, forgive me when I do, uh, but Matisse Kivlenix, I believe that's how it's pronounced. Uh, he passed away at age 24. He is a goaltender for the Columbus Blue Jackets. There was a scuffle apparently with, I think this was in Russia, if I'm not mistaken. 
there's a oh, something with fireworks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a, there's there was something with fireworks, and then there's like Russian police chasing them after. Oh, I didn't hear. And, I just heard that. Uh, yeah, he his head and there was there was a scuffle, and then he while he was running away from the police, he fell and hit his head and passed away from that. And yeah, it's very sad. Uh, you know, regardless of like if he was doing something illegal, like it's still sad. And um, I mean, it's just fireworks, but yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I don't, know. I, I don't have anything to say about it, but it was in the news. It's, it's going around. Uh, Kekalainen, the GM, came out with a tweet, you know, saying how he's, you know, upset. And so it's, yeah, it's just a sad day. Um, but I don't know. You have anything you want to say about that? Uh, no. Uh, thoughts to his family and the Columbus Blue Jackets organization. He was a young guy, so. Yeah, 24, uh, way too young. To shame. Yeah, so rest in peace to uh, Matias Kivlenix. Hope again, I hope I'm saying that correctly. And uh, yeah, no good way to move on, but uh, we have to. So I'll just tell you, for at least for the YouTube viewers, there's a reason that I'm finally getting to wear this LA Kings jersey, finally. Hot jersey. Yeah, it's the LA Kings <laughs> reverse retro, the purple one. Eli is a big advocate for wanting more purple in the league, so I figured he'd enjoy me wearing this as well. Uh, but LA actually made a trade this week. And again, one of those things where it just came out of nowhere. And again, Elliot Freeman was the one tweeting it. This is where I saw it. And I was, I was texting Eli, like I was the inside. I'm like, all right, I'm seeing this. I'm seeing there's a trade coming for LA. And Eli was just probably like, yeah, I see it. Like fucking relax, dude. I also <laughs> look at like news source. Anyway, I was getting excited because it was finally a trade. And if you haven't heard about the trade yet, the Los Angeles Kings acquired Predators forward Victor Arvidsson for a second round pick and a third round pick. I didn't even bother playing the years because it doesn't matter because the Kings win this trade. I don't think there's really qu any question about it. And just I for know, the fact, if, I think the seconds this year, the uh, the uh, thirds next year. I'm okay. pretty sure. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think it's just for 20, information. 21, yeah, it's 21, 20, 20, 21 second, 2022 third. So the Kings win this trade, in my opinion, because I've, I've always said that I feel like, and this isn't always true, but just the way I look at things is that whoever really gets the player back in a trade, if you're doing a pick for player trade, I feel like the team that gets a player that's ready to play is probably the winner. Um, and I just, I think so here as well. I know Arvison hasn't had a great year. Well, he didn't have a great year this year, but this is a former 30 goal scorer. He can sometimes turn it on in the playoffs. Um, I think this is a win for LA, a team that is apparently in a rebuild who seems that they might be getting out of it pretty soon here with guys like Byfield, Turcotte, and I got uh, uh, Arvidsson. And so, got like Kaliev. Kaliev, um, yeah. They, yeah, they see, have like, some nice steam in too. They have a fantastic prospect pool. Yeah, they really do. I think we've been saying that for years. Like, we've always been saying like LA, New York, uh, Rangers, obviously. So, yeah, I mean, I, I like the trade. I, I, I mean, I guess it's a win for Nashville too, because they have so many bad contracts like Duchesne and, and Johansson. And they're obviously the Predators uh, players weren't too happy about it. Philip Forsberg posted to do a story with just a single thumbs down emoji. Uh, Johansson went on like a story tirade, just posting all sorts of pictures with him and Arvidsson. So they're not happy about it. I don't think any of them really saw it coming, but I think this is a win for Victor Arvidsson and the LA Kings. Yeah, honestly, it's good for Arvidsson getting to go play with some going, what's going to be fan, some fantastic players because you got a franchise guy in Byfield 
Turcotte is going to be a top six guy who, you know, playing all situations. He's going to have some great teammates. Um, and hopefully he can get back to his uh, – I think he was record-setting goals in a year for Nashville, wasn't he? Oh, he might have been, which he that's like shocking if it wasn't or something. So. I, I, I think it I was – I don't know. If, he was close. I, I don't know if he ever hit 40, but he might have – he was definitely close. We should probably – I'll just look. Arvidsson. Perfect. He has – I don't know if, I don't know about the record, but his – uh, his highest goal scoring season is 34 and he's actually, I mean, he's had some decent stat line. I mean, like he had 31 goals in 16, 17, 61 points that year, 61 points the following year as well. And then he dipped down to 48 points the, the next year after that, but that's when he had 34 goals. And then the past two years, he hasn't even hit 20. He had 15 and 2019. Uh, I'm sorry, 15 goals, uh, I should say, not points. Uh, 15 goals in 2019 20. And then this past year, he had 10 goals. So he had 25 points in total this year, too, in 50 games. So that's a half a game, half a point pace per game. And I mean, that's his lowest point total since. Uh, 15, 16, he had 16 points. So, I mean, I think he'll have yeah, a bounce it's, back here. His 34 goals is a, a record. Okay, that's surprising. I figured it would have been Forsberg. Uh, but, yeah, I'm sure he's been close, too. Uh, and he still has time to do that. But I think this is a win for L.A. I think he's going to be playing with guys like Kopitar, who apparently still fucking has it after this year. I mean, I didn't uh, – Kopitar seemed like he was on the down spiral, and all, he, he had a – a fantastic year this year in my opinion even though they didn't make the playoffs i was i was i was impressed with kopitar i yeah i think this is a win for i mean maybe maybe both teams in the long run maybe nashville can do something now get some like cheaper players and make a team i don't know but i don't even know what was arvidsson's contract oh i think it's like i thought he was, that much i thought he was in the six millions but maybe i'm not maybe i'm wrong about that no way he's in six million we should have put this in the notes does someone play the Jeopardy music, please, um, while we find this? Because uh, let's see, uh, it's a it was a seven year contract. It was a seven year contract worth nearly thirty million. So what's thirty divided by seven? What uh, the hell? Four point two five. Four point two five. Okay, that makes more sense. Okay, I'm, I I I swear I thought he saw uh, signed a six uh, six million contract but i guess not yeah honestly it might be a, it's a big if he can return his 30 goal pace that's a big steal for la yeah why am i yeah okay i don't know what i saw he still has three years left on it or no yeah three years three years left on the contract so oh yeah i think it's i think i wouldn't say i mean yeah it could be a steal but he really does have to get he has to get at least past i would say 20 goals this year he hasn't his highest in the last two years is 15 so hopefully we can get past 20. I think he can do it. But yeah, cool to see a trade this week. If you don't have anything else to say, we can move on to some contract ex- uh, extensions. I'm good. Okay, so this is the, the biggest contract section of the week, in my opinion. Uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins of the Edmonton Oilers decided he wanted to stay there. I don't know what you're doing, Ryan, but okay. He probably thought I won't get as much money on the open market, so I guess I'll try to stay on time with Edmonton. He signed for eight years with the Edmonton Oilers, $5.125 million a year. I don't mind the cap hit, especially with a cap that's flat. It was the term for me. I believe it was the term for you that made both of us just go, holy shit, he's going to be like 30, 
six when it's all said and done. And if again, the cap hat, the cap hat, the cap hit very good, especially for a cap that's not going up and won't go up for, I think either a year or two now. And when it starts going up, yeah, it will look good, but eight years, there might be a time where in those eight years where they really need to shed $5 million or they want to get some big player to play with McDavid and they just need $5 million. And it's Nugent Hopkins at age 32, 33 going, hi guys. Like, you know, and he's, <laughs> he, he can't, you can't. So I, I believe he has a no move as well. So uh, I don't, I, I, I kind of don't like it. I like the, I like the cap hit. I don't like the term. Eli, your thoughts. I like the cap hit, but I don't think he's been consistent for multiple years. Honestly, he, like he just went on a two-year run of having sixty more, sixty or more points. Mm-hmm. I think he had like sixty-eight or sixty-seven, and then at sixty-one um, to, from two years ago, and then last year, then this year he had like forty or thirty or something. So it was a little down year, but I just for eight years. Ugh, he has a potential. Like, this, yikes, is a former, this is a former first overall pick, man. Like, I, I, hate I, I think his potential is a top six winger now, because I think if you, I, for McDavid and Drysdale, in my opinion, should not play together. I don't uh, yeah. think they play together all too much in the regular season. No, I don't think so. Um, so because I think Drysdale is a really good faceoff guy for uh, being a second line center. Um. But and so that means Brian and Hopkins got pushed to the wing. So I just think it could be a good contract for five years, maybe four. But eight scares me. Anytime you give eight a eight year contract to someone that's over like twenty seven, that scares the hell out of me. Okay, well, how about this eight year contract? Minnesota Wild signed uh, Joel Erickson Eck. To an eight-year contract for five point two five million dollars a year. I like it. I like it. That's you. That's, do? Yeah, that's I mean, like Goldman approved. So here's the thing about Erickson X. So he's played with Detroit, right? Was he on LA? I don't know why I thought he was on LA. Or wait, no, was Eric? Where was Eric? No, I'm thinking of Ferk. I don't know why draft. I'm. I'm thinking yeah, of Martin Ferk for some reason because there's Eck and there's Ferk and their names are like super bold, so so short. Because I know Ferk played in Detroit and LA, but I didn't. Did Erickson X start in Minnesota? I swear he was I'm somewhere I'm pretty sure else. he got drafted in the air, uh, Minnesota. Okay. Yeah, he was a first-rounder, 20th overall in 2015. Okay, then I'm thinking of Martin Furk. My bad. Okay, so Erickson X, Minnesota only. Got that cleared up. I don't know. Again, I'm going to let you take this because I don't know anything about this guy and why he's being given an eight-year contract for a guy. I mean, I know I've heard of him. I've, you know, I've heard of his name a thousand times. I I hear him on the broadcast all the time. Like this guy has the stupidest name in the world. He's got two, two last names, one of them with two letters. Like what is anyway, I don't know anything about him. Why is this guy being offered an eight year contract and signing it's, it? I think it's pretty simple. Um, well, first of all, he's not getting paid like a star, okay. which is they need to not pay these guys like a star. I mean, he's getting paid more than a former first overall pick. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, that, but he's not going, he's not going to be that's, our first center um I, I do i do believe they need to find someone else whether it's trying to groom uh marco rossi into that role because i think he's the center right that sounds rossi right that sounds right so i think they can groom him or matthew uh boldy matthew boldy yep he's um center, so yeah. and I, I think he's a 
former first or second. I think he's a first rounder, right? Boldy was 12. Oh, okay. Yeah. I so yeah, 12, I think I they can groom one of those guys into a nice first line center, but I like how they're not paying Joel like it. He did have 19 goals this year. I think that's what they're wow. paying for. Not the I assists. didn't even know that. Yeah. They had 19 <laughs> goals, 11 assists for 30 points in 56 games. And I think the more, um, important part of his game is his two-way play uh, among the community that was talking about awards for the selkie during the year his name kept coming up as like the underrated guy i can't remember if he got anywhere close i'm sure he got a, a vote or two um but he was very good to uh playing a two-way game so i think that's what they're kind of paying for and he's 24 yeah. So this is why I, this is an eight year deal. I do like not paying him too much. If he kind of, you know, stalls out, I think you can still probably trade him for a decent price uh, because he's still a younger guy who can and has shown that he can score and play on defense. So I like it. Hopefully he can get four points next year to uh, get a hundred points in his career. Um, but yeah, I, I like it. He was, he was, I thought he was going to be a bust coming out and because he was uh, having a kind of troubled career um, early on and just not scoring points, but I'm fine with it. Okay. I mean, yeah, I, again, it's eight years and I'm looking at these two players, Nugent Hopkins and Erickson Eck, and I'm like, how did all, both of these guys end up getting eight year contracts? But good for them, I guess, because I'll never get that kind of money in my life. So good for them. Uh, but yeah, I, I, Again, I went for the Nugent Hopkins one. I was thinking maybe more like six, and then I'd be like, okay, it's a little bit better. Erickson Eck, you know, maybe it will be okay. Maybe he'll prove me wrong. I hope he does for the sake of the Minnesota Wild. I hope he proves me wrong. I hope career signs. I hope that too. We'll see. We'll see about that. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, we'll go on to one last extension real quick. Uh, And this was my favorite one of the week. And just because it's it's such a, a, a cheap deal and it's got a little bit of term. Wayne Simmons re-signed with the Maple Leafs for $900,000 a year for the next two years. I, I don't think Wayne Simmons is the former 30-goal scorer he once was. I don't think he has really any – well, he, he showed some offensive skill with the Leafs last year. He took, it took him a while to get going, but then he started racking up some goals, and then he got a wrist injury, and then he clearly wasn't the same player. And he actually came out recently after his extension. He was like, yeah, I haven't – you know, I, I wasn't the same player when I had my wrist injury. I haven't even really watched hockey since we got eliminated. I even haven't really been going to the gym. He is pissed and he wanted to just take some time for himself. And that's why I love this guy because I know he's going to come back next season. And, you know, he, he showed it too with the physicality I and mean, he got into fights and big hits and stuff like that. He's going to, I think he's going to bring it even more. And I, I like what Simmons offers now in this stage of his career, something that I wish the Hawks had something that the Leafs need. I love that he's going to be staying there. He's a, he loves the Leafs. He wants to win a cup with Toronto. It's his childhood dream. I like the story, and I, it's, it's a no-risk contract. And, yeah, I'll let you uh, say any thoughts on that one. Yeah, I have one thought. I'm going to speak okay. directly to Wayne. Oh, okay. Because he Cause, watches his – no, he does not yeah, watch he, he will hear But this. I'm going to speak this. directly to Wayne. Okay. How could you? How could you? There's guys on your team – going to the bottom of the cap and you asked for 200 more K. How could you come on? 
Jason Spezza looks down on you in shame. <laughs> shame. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you're going like, to give either of those players 900K, you give it to Spezza, but... Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm just kidding. Uh, honestly, probably could use that Mitch Marner money, but um, good for him. Um, being a winning team, hopefully he can win something. Uh, I do respect the hell out of him, so... I think, I think he would have signed for 750 if it were one year. But then Kyle Dude was probably like, can you stay for two years? He's like, you want me to stay here for two years with this team that can't win? You got to give me $250,000 more. Okay. Or one hundred fifty. In Toronto, the world's worst city. I'm just kidding. No, Toronto's yeah, we're probably no, we're, fine. We're kidding. Please just do I've something, I've never been Toronto. to Toronto. Please do something. <laughs> just, 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 just win around, please. Okay. Thank you. Okay. And they didn't win anything in the NHL awards of the year either. Matthews didn't win, thankfully. Sorry, Matthews, but he didn't win it. Well, he won the he won the uh, the Rocket. Not really an NHL award, but in my opinion, but okay. But we're getting to the NHL awards now that I bring them up. Very quickly, there were five major ones announced. I believe everything else had been announced before this. I didn't like that the Selkie wasn't included uh, in this little thing that they yeah, were doing. Yeah, it feels like a, one of the major ones. Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't know. And they announced it before. So if you don't know how this worked this year, the NHL awards, again, held virtually, but there was no lead up. Like all of a sudden sports was like, and the NHL awards are on right now. And like, everyone's like, what the, like, I was just sitting there and I, I look at, I open up Instagram and I'm getting all these notifications. Oh yeah. This guy just won. I'm like, but he won the, he won the Calder already. Like, wait, 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 where was the announcement that they were doing this? Like you, you were, you agreed with me, right? Like you had no idea. Yeah. I saw Patrick Kane giving a speech and I'm like, Oh, I know that guy. <laughs> and that's it. It wasn't even t- talked about. So the sports center was like, yeah, we're just going to do this right now. And it was so poorly done because they just spoiled everything. And we'll start with the Norris because I want to talk about that one first. So they go to commercial break. And as they're going to commercial break, Brian Leach comes on the screen. And he's like, when we come back from commercial break, we're going to announce the Norris. Well, there's a Ranger saying this, a former Ranger, and there's a current Ranger being nominated for the Norris. Who else is it going to go to? it just spoils the entire thing you know i mean not like imagine they have uh they had uh dry dry settle do that before uh the heart or whatever yeah they, he, they did the heart they did, did they? he was there yeah i don't know if for heart he was there for one of them i don't know if it was ten Lindsay or heart but he was there well, he won the heart last year didn't he dry settle I yeah i think or do you, so he won one of them yeah i think he did uh, yeah, so no, I'm, I'm like, did, wait, did he do like the preview? Be like, yes, wait, for, for McDavid. For I don't know if it was for both of <sighs> them, for one of McDavid's awards, they had dry saddle there. I'm like, well, what the fuck are you doing? Okay, that's pretty horrible. I know. So yeah, so they go to commercial break. Brian Leach is there, so they come back. Everyone's like, okay, so Adam Fox is winning it. Of course, Adam Fox does. I don't mind it. I think a lot of people wanted it to be Macar. Did you want it to be Macar? Yes. Okay. I don't really <laughs> care. I, I, I really don't. I think maybe yeah, I'm a car, but I look at the Rangers and I look at the Avalanche and I go, I think Fox had a lot less to work with than Makar. So yeah, I, I, you know, again, it, it, it really doesn't matter because Makar's team didn't win the Stanley Cup. Fox's team didn't win the Stanley Cup. You know, I, I don't really care. So that's my look at it. Um, yeah it, it's fine that's whatever yeah, it, he, he deserved it. he had what like over 60 60 points this year 50 points i don't know i, I don't know 50 I don't know. something yeah, i don't think he hit 60 but he was close no i think he had like 54 and let all d man yeah he was amazing um, like so. yeah so yeah it it doesn't matter 
in the good job, scheme. Adam. So yeah, good, good job, former Carolina and Calgary property. That's unfortunate for both those teams. But the Calder, no surprise, Kirill Kaprizov wins it. I don't remember the exact voting, how it went, if it were, if it was Robertson in second or if it was Nadukovic, but it doesn't really matter because it was going to go to Kaprizov. And I don't think either of us have any problems with that one. I think that the problem I had was that Pui Suter was higher on the list than Lankinen. Yeah. That I was. Yeah, that's something, like, right? If you're a Hawks fan, I think you would know that Pui Suter absolutely disappeared for that um that like stretch that they started you know going down <laughs> yeah um and Lincoln and he was playing without a defense essentially and he still had some good numbers i had like, a carolina fan tell me he was number. awful i was like what? okay whatever what okay he he had amazing numbers before and then when the defense went away his numbers were good and that's saying a lot like if they were bad, I'd give him like okay, whatever. But his numbers were good still. Like Jesus, like this guy stood on his toes trying to save the Hawks from you know completely getting out of the playoff contention. Like they waited till what last seven or eight games to get eliminated. So, um, and that was all because of Lankinen. So, uh, kind of mad that Suter was higher, but I think it's only that's I think that's a shit, my dog. Oh, Eli is, uh, has a dog interruption. I'm not sure what's going on with that, but all right, he's, he's back now. My dog was laying, laying in my room. Okay. I was like, ah, oh, it's time to go. <laughs> but um, Suter was good, but Lincoln was better. That's all yeah, I have to say. I, I agree, but yeah, Kaprizov's clear. It's, they didn't win it, so. No, yeah. So Kaprizov, clear winner, and yes. no, no problem yes, with is. that. The Vesna went to Mark andre Fleury, and did Vasilevsky, has he won one before? Did he win last year? I, I think he won last year. I see. Like, if he didn't win last year, then he hasn't won one. And I, I swear, okay, hold on. 2020 uh, Vesna winner. 2020, it went to – no, it went to Hellebuck. So, oh. Vasilevsky hasn't won a Vesna yet. And I'm just sitting there like – I'm like, dude, I, I like Mark Andre for you. Like, you know, seems like the most lovable guy. He loves doing pranks on his teammates. I, I love him, Okay. But it was the same thing as when people were telling me that they felt so bad for Flurry when they got eliminated. I'm like, the dude has three fucking cups. You feel bad? He's, he's okay. I think he's, I think he's doing just fine. He's got a, a beautiful wife, a family, three cups. I think everything's okay. And he didn't need the millions Vesna. of dollars too. Mill, millions of dollars. Like it, it deserved to go to Vasilevsky. Sorry, Grubauer, you had no shot. Uh, but I, I don't, I don't get how this guy doesn't have a Vesna yet. And, uh, but you know, what's better than a Vesna, Eli two Stanley cups, which he's probably about to have back so, to back. Oh yeah. So that's his, that's his F you to the NHL awards voting committee or whatever you want to call it. So well, let's not discredit Mark Andre. No, he, no. he had a career year at the age of like 30. Right. He wasn't bad, so. but I'm just like, give it to, Vesna. he was far from bad. Give it to Vasilevsky, please. Anyway, I, I don't really have a problem with it, but. I still think I do, did think Vasilevsky and Hellebuck. I don't think Hellebuck was even in the he wasn't not even this in year. The, that not was not. he saved. Yeah, he was great. Peg, so um, I think Grubauer should at least been out yeah. for Hellebuck at the very least. But uh, Mark Andre Fleury did play. Have, he did have a career year this year. So 
Um, I'm happy that he got uh, recognized, but I think everyone just loved him. So um, it, yeah. he didn't really need the recognition, but, you know, it's fine. Glad for him. And then to the surprise of nobody, the Ted Lindsay and the Hart Trophy both go to Connor McDavid. I mean, I, I don't even really I've, – I've, I've stroked off McDavid enough times now. I don't really have to tell you anything. If you don't think it should have been McDavid, you're wrong, and that's all I really have to say about it. Eli, any thoughts? McDavid is the king right now. He is the king. Also, last until I, I, he like go ahead. Well, win a cup. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And so you win a cup. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the last thing I want to say about like... the the Vesna, there were five GMs who didn't have Vasilevsky in their top three for the Vesna. And I really hope one of them is not Stan Bowman because then we have a problem. So I just wanted to put that out there. That's a, that's an actual thing. And I'm very worried for those teams that think that. <laughs> yeah, they probably don't know what the hell is a uh, development. Yeah, yeah. So that's scary to think that 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 oh, five of them. I, I my prediction is one of them is Jim Benning. That's one of my predictions. But uh, but yeah, that's that's the NHL awards recap. I'm not really shocked by really any of the winners at all no really off the board names and i think in about two weeks no one's really going to care anymore i'm sure most people don't even care anymore anyway so i i can tell you this right now the players probably don't even care so i clearly kaprizov doesn't because he wants out no i'm just kidding he doesn't want out but we'll see what happens to kaprizov uh anything else on those before we get into the playoffs nope they all, all seem right. fine so finally i think we're like 40 minutes in the podcast or something like that by now. Maybe not that much, but pretty close. Finally getting to the playoffs here. And obviously the only playoff games remaining are the Stanley Cup final games. And I think game one was, when was that? Monday. That was mo- Monday. So two days after our last podcast. And, you know, I, I had, I have a lot of faith in Montreal or I, okay. I did have a lot of faith. I went going into game one of the series. I really believed that it was going to be a very close series. I mean, the shots would tell you that the shots would tell you, well, actually the shots would tell you that Montreal is dominating the series, but the scores, you know, at least in the first two games, empty netters aside and stuff like that, you would, you would think it's kind of close, but the first game kind of went the way I thought it would. I have hundred percent predicted that Tampa was going to win that game game two. I didn't think so. I, I thought I was going to, it could be either, or I didn't have any, I didn't have hundred percent confidence in Tampa or Montreal. And then game three, uh, my confidence changed back to Tampa again, but we'll get, those are the, there only been three games played game four as we're recording is tonight. We could see the Stanley Cup awarded to the Tampa Bay lightning back to back. A lot of storylines, but we'll just start with game one. Like I said, fully expected them to lose uh, Montreal to lose in game one because they hadn't faced a team like this and not the, I don't know. It was one of their first shots of the game from the lightning. Eric Chernock gets the first goal of the Stanley Cup final. His first goal of the playoff. I think this is actually his first career playoff goal. And it was just like this, this shot that Carey Price has like has seen it, but not from like not that quickly. Like it was just like a little tipping. And it just it just happened so fast. And Carey Price, like after the goal, he was just kind of standing there like, oh shit. <laughs> like, like this is a legit team. We might be fucked here. And before you go, before I go on, I have a little bone to pick with Montreal Canadiens fans. You had the privilege of watching one of the, while, while albeit consistent, uh, inconsistent goaltenders, still one of the best. And also, albeit one of the most over, like, overpaid, or not overpaid, but highly paid, maybe overpaid, 
you get to watch this guy carry you through the playoffs. It was him, Caulfield, Toffoli, who disappeared. Toffoli's just gone. And Caulfield's kind of gone too, but I didn't really even expect as many goals as he scored from him. So I kind of gave him a pass. He's a fucking rookie, like relax. But he's not even a rookie. Oh, yeah, he's not. He's definitely not a rookie. You're right. So he's just there. He's just, yeah, he's just there. And a normal year, he actually wouldn't be. I don't think he would have been eligible. No, he didn't play enough games. So the, uh, the, the Canadians fans losing their shit over Carey Price's performance. What about Toffoli? What about, I know Gallagher's got a hurt hand and stuff. What about Gallagher? Dano, I mean, finally got one, but you know, and it, I mean, they, their guys aren't scoring. And Toffoli, I think, is at the forefront of that. I don't, I don't know how many people are really giving it to him, but I think, you know, this is a 30 goal scorer this year. He needs to get some goals going. Suzuki's been their, their best player, probably. Uh, you know, I, I would think he's, he's had the most goals in this final. I, I mean, again, you can correct me if I'm wrong about that. That's just my look at it in the games I've watched. But to the Habs fans grilling Carey Price, you're not here without him. You're not here without a lot of things going right for you, but you're not here without him. He's been fucking amazing. And they're saying, well, now he chooses to shit the bed now. Do you no. guys really want to play Jake Allen? Yeah. <laughs> we've, we've seen Jake Allen play. Do you really want Jake Allen? He's not shitting the bed. He's playing Tampa, a team they have gotten no, nothing even close to playing this year. Nothing even close to that. Or, or last year. I mean, they haven't played them since, I don't know, probably be, before March because – they didn't play him in any like round robin games in the bubble, no playoff games in the bubble, no nothing. They haven't seen a team like this. They haven't, they haven't played teams. Oh yeah, well yeah, they didn't they didn't have to play Colorado and they played Vegas, who's kind of close to that. But they haven't played a juggernaut team. And as good as Carey Price has been, he's not. He is human. So stop it, because he's been fucking amazing. You've gotten to see this great run, and stop it. That's my little rant. Anyway, stop it. the next goal that went in. Did not go. Uh, this was that first that era turned out goals in the first period. No goals after that until the second period. Yanni Gord, 2-0 Tampa. Ben Chirot at the end of the second though gets a deflection goal off a defenseman, went right in. That's his first goal of the playoffs, and 2-1 Tampa. And going into that into that intermission, I was like, okay, you know what? We got ourselves a game now. A fluky bounce like that, you know, might you know demoralize Tampa a little bit, might get Montreal in the game. No, I was wrong. Nikita Kucherov, who. I still believe has broken ribs due to my uh, insider insider information. Uh, we shall see how that goes. Uh, he scores a goal. Uh, I didn't, it didn't, I don't think it originally went to him, but then I did get credited to him. And that was uh, two minutes into the third period. And then he scored another one. Nice wrist shot right off the face off signature Kucherov. Uh, beautiful. Uh, 4-1 Tampa. And then Steven Samkos on a power play right at the end of the game, just for no reason. Vintage Samkos one-timer from the office, like Ovi. And 5-1 is your final score for Tampa. And Kucherov still, I feel like, isn't even being talked about because he's got over 30 points in these playoffs already. It's fucking unbelievable. And, again, people are mad about the cap, whatever. What's What I feel like, and not that it really matters because Tampa's up 3-0, but it does kind of surprise me that Brayden Point doesn't have a goal yet. Nah, it's not a big deal, but I don't know. Deep. Is that a problem to you? Uh, it's not a problem. I mean, like, it's not a problem. They have other guys to score. Right. right. He had literally two assists, too. Yeah, yeah. I just two thought it was kind of, kind of yeah. interesting. But. Yeah, he had two assists in this game. He was still plenty invisible, especially in the third. Um, so, okay. God, you know, Sorry. It's, it's fine. 
Yeah, so that's that's game one, five one. Yeah, I, I just gave the yawn to Eli. Now. Yeah. Post Fourth of July, you know, it's kind of how it goes. Uh, but yeah. So game two, three one is your final score. This one in favor of Tampa, and the shots in this one, forty three to twenty three for the Canadians. And they just can't figure out Vasilevsky. The shots would tell you that Canadians whooped their ass, but that's not how it went. So, like I said, Montreal dominates in shots, and they they haven't scored first in this series either because Anthony Sorelli gets the first goal for Tampa. And that was in the second period. There were no goals in the first period. And then Nick Suzuki, like I said, scored this wacky goal from very far out, and he tied the game at one. And then the this this happened so we we laughed at least i did when tampa made the coleman and gaudreau trades i was like maybe the one that made more sense was coleman i could see him being worth the first how was barkley gaudreau worth the first well you know what i've been told to fuck off because both those guys have a stanley cup and i'm probably about to get another one and they combined for this amazing goal that happened. And I go back to John Cooper's quote in the Carolina series when being asked about Barkley Kudrow. He said, he's not a Lamborghini, but sometimes you can make do with a good Jeep. Well, (laughs) that Jeep, that Jeep worked. So going into the second period, time running out, Ben Sherratt tries to make a defensive play. Very lazily at that, muffs it up. Tampa gets on in, odd man rush. Deneau, the the lone man back. Gaudreau makes a little move to the backhand. Sauces it over to Coleman. I believe Gaudreau was even falling. I know I know Coleman was falling because he's done this before. He's a whole highlight reel of him falling. Yes, he's got, goals. he's got three. He's got three goals that come to mind when falling. One against. Yes, he shoot out goals too. Oh, really? Falling? Yeah. Oh, my favorite one is the one against Winnipeg when he's with New Jersey. It's a one-handed falling. Not like a backhand, like swag. He wrist shots. Wrist, wrist shoots? Wrist shot. Whatever. It was a wrist shot falling. He did it like a week or two after uh, Crosby had the uh, the one-hander wrist shot against Buffalo. I remember I thought, everyone I that was, was like freaking. I thought Crosby was at the end of the season and then Coleman's at the beginning so. of the next. I know I know Coleman's was at the beginning of the next season. I know that. Oh, okay. Because I remember it was I like. I just remember talking was, about them both and be like. Jeez. It was in October and it was like just the top goal for the entire year. Like every every Pretty month. Much. Was like, yeah. So but yeah, that was my favorite one. Then he had a falling goal last year. Zach Bogosian. Uh, Zach Bogosian, if you want my uh no, I'm just kidding. Uh Bogosian had us passed it over to Coleman against Boston last year in the bubble. Falling goal for Coleman again, and now he's got another one. So yes, Col- uh Goudreau sauces it over. Coleman's falling. Deneau is trying to stop it. And what actually happens is Deneau stops it with his stick. It deflects off his stick, but then it goes it deflects right onto uh, Coleman's stick, and Coleman, and Coleman was mid swing. It was just really bad timing because this goal probably could have been prevented if Coleman waited like a fraction of a second to start swinging his stick. But he's swinging the stick at the same time that the nose trying to poke it away, and he just it was going away. But as he was swinging it, Coleman just is able to bat out of the air. It goes in. And like like a second, maybe even less than that, on the board going into the, in the third period, and I texted Eli and I said that goal just won them the Stanley Cup. It's that like that's that's something they're gonna ride on for the rest of the season. Not that they even really needed a goal like that to win the Stanley Cup. I mean, 
seems pretty clear. We both said Tampa in five. It might not even be that. No. That was the first time, at least for me, my prediction in five. That's the first time all playoffs that I said the team will win in five. I I've, been co- I've been copping out and saying six all the time. because it's just I think I said out. five for one of the Colorado. Yeah, I think you did. I yeah, think I d- Colorado I versus did. St. Louis, I think I said five. Okay, yeah, I definitely didn't. So I, I've been copping out with six. And you guys dog once again on the podcast here. It's all right. Hey, we all we like animals here. But, yeah, that's, uh, that goal won them the Stanley Cup, in my opinion. It was a ridiculous goal. And I was, I was watching this game in and out. So like I, you know, I, I don't know all the details, but I did see this happen. I was sitting there. And I was just like, what the fuck, man? I know Tampa's good, but like, what? It, like, what? I, Carey Price, this is one of the only goals that Price has let in where I blame Price. Like, maybe that's wrong of me, but I don't know how Price doesn't stop that. I, I don't know how he doesn't read that that's being passed. What's what's Gaudreau going to do in the in the right corner over there? Of course he's passing it. It's just and lazy from all the Montreal. It was always oh, lazy, but at the same time, that is one of the goals. I'm like, how does Carey Price not stop this one? That's the only time I've ever ever said that in, in the playoffs, really, because like, I haven't been on Price's ass at all. I was just like, that needs to be stopped. I don't care if it's cool. Congrats to Coleman scoring the goal, but that shouldn't have gone in. Shouldn't have. And that starts with Ben Sherratt, like you said, the laziness from everybody. It starts with Sherratt, but that's that, that has to be a save from Price. Uh, anything else? On, oh, I should write talk about the rest of the goals from game two before. Yeah. There was only one more. Uh, there was only one more. Andre Palat scored to make it 3-1 in the third period. That was it. That, 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 that was game two. You would think Montreal would have won based on the shots. They don't. 3-1 Tampa. 2-0 for the series as they head into Montreal. You ready to go to game three? Yep. Okay, game three. So Dominic Ducharme is finally back after being out with COVID. And I guess that's a nice storyline. Didn't matter uh, because uh, the Canadians had five more shots in the lightning this time, so not a complete domination. But a minute 52 into the first period, a shot from the boards from Jan Ruda goes in. I mean, Carey Price was screened, obviously, too. And it was just like, oh, man, really? That quickly? That was Victor Hedman's 16th point of the playoffs, by the way. Speaking of Victor Hedman, a completely useless stat that everyone wants to keep talking about, but I guess since it's cool, let's talk about it. Victor Hedman scores his second goal of the playoffs, and that was about a minute or two right after the Ruta goal, so some quick goals for the Tampa Bay Lightning in this game. Kucherov's 24th assist of this playoff as well. Like, holy fuck, man. But anyway, um, Hedman scores his second goal of the playoffs, and the stat that I was referring to is that now Victor Hedman is the only player in NHL history to score a goal in all 12 months of the year. Hey, so I think we can analyze this stat and make like seven articles oh, out of yeah, it. So yeah, ready? yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm ready. Yeah, no. So, and it's so, again, it's cool and all, but it's only because our world, our, our planet went through a pandemic. And we have nothing better to talk about. The stat, yeah. the stat does not come from positivity, if you ask me. So that's, I it's mean, just that's like, really uh, not, it's, but... it's okay. Like, cool. You know? Yeah, it's okay. Well, it's, being, it's being blown over out of proportion, if you ask me. But anyway, we'll get to the rest of the goals. Philip Deneau scores his first goal of the playoffs. Finally, I, I mean, it was a nice goal and everything. He's celebrating, like, yeah, let's fucking go. I'm like, I, I knew when he did that. I'm like, no, you're not winning this game. There's not a chance. And I was right because Kucherov then scored to make it 3 1. Then Tyler Johnson scored to make it 4 to 1. 
Bendik Suzuki got a goal. Very, very bad goal on Vasilevsky. Mm-hmm. Very bad goal right at the end of the second period there. So it's 4-2 going into the third. Not a chance. Not a chance to team because Tyler Johnson then scores in the third period. Late in the third period. There were no goals in the third period until very late. Tyler Johnson scores and make it 5-2 in favor of Tampa. Corey Perry with an empty net, trying to mount a comeback, goes behind the, the Montreal net, brings out in front, scores. Very nice, quote-unquote, impossible goal. Top shelf. It was a nice goal. There were four minutes left at that point. 5-3 for Tampa, but it didn't matter. Blake Coleman assisted by Barkley Goodrill. Empty net goal. 6-3 Tampa. Tampa leads 3-0. We were talking about this right before the show. There is not, there's not been a sweep in the Seneca Finals since 1998. And it, it looks like that's it, it all signs point to that's what's gonna happen. But I really hope Montreal gets at least one win because I said, I don't know if I said, I don't know if I said on the podcast, but I when Montreal got here, I firmly believed that this would be Carey Price's only shot in the Seneca Finals. I don't think he's ever going back. I really don't believe it. Such a fluky year right now. Right. And I really hope that he gets at least one win. Just one. Because that's gonna be the best he can get. I don't I, I if he really is sitting there knowing he's gonna lose, I, I'd rather I'd hope he'd rather think like at least I can get one, it won't feel as bad. But I'm not an NHL player, I don't really know how it feels, but I hope they get one. But all signs point that after we post this podcast today, a few hours after we do we'll be seeing Tampa raise the cup for the second year in a row. And Patrick Maroon for the third time in a yeah, row. Patrick Maroon, man. Uh, look, I'm not, I'm not salty. It's not me. It's not me, not me being salty about the cap with the lightning. Not me. Not, not, not that at all. I don't, I don't really care to be honest with you. It's not that Tampa's good and the Hawks aren't. It's nothing like that. Cause the Hawks beat them in the cup final. So eh, funny, but it's not about any of that. It's about that I don't like seeing repeat winners. And that includes the Blackhawks. Like, I, you know, it's nice to see somebody else. No, for me, it's just I don't like Patrick Maroon. I don't, Patrick I don't think Maroon. he deserves to be one of the best players in NHL history oh, by see. stats. I, I see. Um, I see. <laughs> no. Uh, okay, you make fun of him, man. He had a huge goal in the playoffs. I make fun of his... him, but he will come back and yell at me for not having millions of dollars, and he can go eat. The big rig, man. One goal. Dallas was one goal away from going to the conference final, and in 2019, and obviously they went to the Stanley Cup the year the next year. But I'm just saying, he St. Louis got there because of him. I don't know. That's all I'm saying. St. Louis, no cups without Maroon. Just saying. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, I'm not mad. I, I wish it was somebody different. But this just goes to show you that Tampa's fucking amazing. And do I dare say dynasty? No. Okay, I, I don't we'll say see. dynasty then. Okay, I don't. Maybe. UI, UI has spoken, so I don't say it's, it. But dynasty is such a weird word. It's like, how long do you need to be like dominant for a dynasty? They've been so, but they've been good for years. I know they've been so good. They were playoff choking for years. That that is true. You know, I think everyone overlooks Columbus now because they have two cups now, or going to have two them cups. Five years to get back to the finals. Like five years is a long time. I mean, I, not as long as like Toronto, who yeah. now has the longest tenure. Oh yeah, that's uh, right. Stanley Cup final drought. That's right. Good job, congrats. That's right. You guys have won at something. <laughs> um, but they won the. What do you mean, man? They won the North Division technically. You guys did win. Tech technically, Montreal won the North <laughs> Division technically, but yeah. No, the Montreal won the uh, Western Conference trophy. Well, even and, though they and, weren't and the North Division. 
They, te- they technically are the North Division. They champs. are no, they're technically the champions of Canada, but not okay, the winners well. of the North Division. If you get what I mean. Okay, fine, fine. Because technically, one is a stat and one is a title. <laughs> All right, fair enough. But um, I don't know where, what we were saying. Tampa's gonna win a cup again, and yeah, Maroon's the the, the greatest player in Angel history. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about it next week. Uh, yep. Where are we? Uh, play uh, uh, taps for Montreal. Yeah, well, we will be playing taps for Montreal. Yeah, Matt, we... Matt on the saxophone and Eloy on the euphonium. I, I will not, do it. I will not be bringing out that thing. That is not come. That is not making an appearance. Not here. Mine is not, mine not is anywhere. Right, right over there. So, no, then you have every. I'll, I'll let you do it. I'll, I'll give you the okay. opportunity with Sick. that brand with that brand new fancy microphone. We'll get to hear the oh, yeah. the crispness. It'll be nice. Yeah. So that is it for the Stanley Cup final news. We will cover it, whatever happens, if there is a game five, hopefully. Hopefully we get to cover that, but it's going to end tonight most likely. We have some quick news that was announced. If you did not catch it, and I only caught it because I was just happened to be on my computer, Gary Batman had a press conference this week, which I, it was kind of funny. And before I even get into the, the, the main events that I have in the notes here, he did talk about the refereeing in this press conference, and he said we have the best officials in the league. <laughs> Which, I mean, he has to say that, but I'm like, dude, no, just stop. Just stop. I mean, I, 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 I agree with some of it, what he was saying. Like, it's a fast game. They can't see everything. I, I get that. We, I think anyone gets that. I mean, then calls will be missed. It's about the ones that they are looking right at and choose not to call. It's not about what they miss and don't see. It's about the ones they do see and don't call. That is where the argument is coming from. And I think Batman just had to say what he had to say as the commissioner in the league, but you would just, you wish, you would just wish they would, he would come out and do, and just make a real statement. You would just wish one of these times, but I just thought that was funny. But the, yeah, there were some an- announcements this week from Batman about Olympics and, and hockey games and scheduling and all that. And the Olympics are not, they basically said, we don't know what's going on. I'm like, well, that sounds great. They don't, they don't. They are. They don't have a plan from the the Olympics themselves. So, I I don't know. The McDavid's come out and saying he wants to go, and he he said he expects there to be an Olympics. I don't think there should be personally, just because we're not completely out of COVID yet, and I feel like shutting down the league right now for a, a few weeks. Not shutting it down, but the star players not being there won't help revenue, and that's something the league needs. So, I as much yeah, as I want if, the Olympics, if, yeah. if and the that's, NHL, that's, they're going to be in like what China, right? Aren't they in China this year? It's so. I, I was think the Summer Olympics in, in China. Okay, well, wherever the games where the are, wherever the games are, most likely it's going to be on the other side of the planet. So we're not even going to like be awake to see them. I don't like, think that's how the Olympics works. What do you mean? Well, it's not like they they try to make it accessible for the majority. I of the think world. they. I, I swear. I swear though, it's gonna they're gonna be difficult to to watch. I don't Ooh. think so because when they were at Sochi, they were pretty easy. They're on at like eleven a.m., ten a.m. at Central Time. Because I was I remember watching the uh, Oshi game, um, in twenty. Yeah, it's Beijing, by the way. Yeah. Uh, 20 whenever is that 2010 that wasn't 2010 that was like 2014 it's 2014, yeah, 2014. Yeah. i remember watching it while doing uh some chores around the house um 
I remember sitting there like Kane. No, Kane. Now, no. Oh, she get off. No, but um. Anyway, what? I don't think there's going to be an issue because I, I think it's just going to be able to open at midday. And we'll, okay. We'll I, I just personally think – I just think sending players over right now just isn't – I mean, the, it's – hopefully there's a bubble. Hopefully they make a bubble. They're not – I don't think they will because I feel like a whole part of doing a worldwide Olympics is to let the people go explore the culture. Right. Um, I don't, yeah, I, think, I don't know if that will happen. But it's – the Olympics, I feel like, is so important to the growth of the game right now because it is a worldwide event. And, like, how people – like, I, I don't watch swimming, but whenever I see – you know, I, I've, I've watched Michael Phelps swim at the Olympics so many times. So, it's like I, I feel like people just get bored of other things, and they're like, oh, Olympics, click, you know? So, okay, I, I feel I like mean, it's just very big to the growth of the game. I want it. I just don't think it's – in the best interest, but uh, agree or disagree. So yes, uh, some other some other announcements this week. The Winter Classic, which was scheduled for this past year, obviously didn't happen. It was going to be the St. Louis Blues versus Minnesota Wild in Minnesota. That is still happening. It will just now be in 2022. And there will also be a stadium series game in Nashville, uh, Tampa and Nashville. Kind of a weird matchup, but uh, that, this will be in Nashville should see how that goes there was a stadium there's a winter classic in dallas so they're trying to broaden their horizons and there was going to be a game with carolina i think it was carolina florida if i'm not mistaken they have pushed that carolina has said themselves they want to come out and they want to push that back they want that not the league carolina said they want to push it back a year uh there was a reason for that i don't know why but that's a thing because if you don't know the carolina jerseys were leaked for that game and uh, they look pretty sick. I'm not going to lie. They look really sick and better than their home jerseys. And so it's unfortunate we're not going to get to see those this year, but we should be seeing those in the coming years, in the coming year and a half, whatever. And I hope, I hope that's what they stay with because they were really sick. And anything about those two games or are we good to move on? No, they're good. Okay. Las Vegas is going to host the 2021-22 All-Star events. Uh, perfect. You know, that's, that's a good, good place to have it. We'll see how the games themselves actually go or the game itself actually goes because, you know, players are going to be probably drunk and not that they aren't at the all-star games anyway, but when you put Vegas into the mix, it should be a very interesting time. I can't wait to see how that goes. Maybe it's just more incentive for players like, uh, to go. Oh, she, uh, not, oh Ovechkin. She, uh, Ovechkin. Yeah. Uh, players like Yager, not to be like, oh, you know, I want to go to the beach. No, I mean, that, that was, I don't blame funny. them, dude. No, I don't blame them. It's it's a weekend off to go wherever you want. Right, like you're fucking and working. they have to go play hockey. Right, yeah, you gotta, you're working it's your It's their body. job, yeah. so. I mean, at the same time, they are making like $10 million. Like, dude, like fucking suck it up. But yeah, I mean, whatever. But yeah, good, good for Vegas getting that. Uh, and then this one does kind of intrigue me uh, just because we're kind of used to it now, but I don't know. There will be serious scheduling, kind of like what we saw this year. So back-to-back games of the same teams, you know, two in a row. Sometimes, I mean, Arizona and St. Louis play each other like seven times in a row, but that won't be happening. But uh, the scheduling, that scheduling will return, according to Gary Bettman, in some capacity. So it might we might see like a couple back-to-back. Like, well, we see back-to-backs in regular seasons all the time. You know, we see home-and-homes or back-to-backs. Um but it might be even more than that this year. And I, I'm okay with it because it 
it is nice to see like a different team every night, but I know how that affects the players. And I, I feel like it'd be a good thing. It might improve quality of games maybe if they don't have to travel as much, but. It's going to make, make some nice rivalry, rivalry. Right, right. That too. So, I mean, so, yeah, it's okay. I mean, and for those who are complaining, oh, this is a baseball. Just shut up. Back off. They're not going to play four, last, three, four games in a row. It's not last time I checked, the uh, MLB was more popular than the NHL. So, right. Shut up. <laughs> Which I I was talking about that. I'm like, I don't understand. As someone that played baseball for like 13 years, whatever it was. I played baseball. Well, I know, I know you played baseball, but I, I played a little bit longer than you. And I played in a position that sucked. I played in the outfield where you're really just standing there waiting for them to happen. Yeah. But um, as somebody that played it, and watches it. I used to be a diehard fan. How the hell is it that the baseball players play 162 games a year in a normal year, and NHL players play 82? It should it should be like fucking flip flop. Okay, well not flip flop. The NHL shouldn't have 162 games. What I'm saying is, this has nothing to do with anything. I just this is just something I've been thinking of. Baseball games can be like four to six hours, maybe even longer. You're standing in the fucking heat on some days. You're doing this for 162 games a year. And the NHL games are like two, three hours maybe without overtime. You're only playing 82. I don't understand why baseball schedules are so long. Like, can we just talk about that for a second? Like, holy shit. Like, wasn't there, weren't they trying to get it down to like 90? Like, the players' that's still association ridiculous. or something? That's still, rid- I don't know. It should be less than 70. But the, the owners are like, no. We like, want money. Like, can they? Like, I don't do. I've never spoken to a professional baseball player, but I, I, I want to ask them. Like, do you guys actually enjoy doing this for 162 games in the year? You start in the spring, you end in the fall. Like, holy shit! Like, fuck. Okay. I mean, so shout out to Chris Bryant. Come on our podcast, please. Yeah, yeah, Chris. Let's talk. I mean, Chris, Chris Bryant is a very open all star. He's talked about like not having fun playing baseball on podcasts before. So I mean, he'd be a great interview. But Chris, if you hear this. We'd love to have you on a hockey podcast because this is where you totally belong. <laughs> All right. Uh, but, yeah, uh, Montreal will host the 2023 NHL draft. Cool. Nothing. Cool. cool. Good yeah. for them. That's they'll, it. They'll have something after this. Isn't that the Shane draft. Wright and Connor Bernard, Bernard I th- draft? Don't, I think that, yeah, I think that is 2023. So that should be a, that should be a fun time in Montreal. I hope Cole Caulfield gets to come up and announce a pick or something. That'd be pretty sick. But here's to hoping. Uh, two more points, and we're going to wrap this up. Andre Terigny? I don't know. I'm not sure that's how you actually pronounce it. He was announced as the Arizona's uh, Coyotes head coach. I, okay. <laughs> I, okay. Good luck, Arizona. Like, I don't really, I don't think it really matters who you're going to have as a coach. I mean, Wasn't got... he... something with people... Team Canada. I don't know. He... Yeah, then he went to the Worlds, right? Then he won, helped, yeah. uh, I think so. Yeah. Oh, he has a very good track record. People in like comments were saying like how he uh, was a OHL or WHL uh, two-time coach of the year. So obviously he's proven it at the junior level. So hopefully he can get, you know, guys like Clayton Keller to show up. Yeah. So 7 million a year for that guy. Um, Yeah. yeah. Nothing. I, I don't really have any notes about it, but there's one last bullet point and it's kind of cool, but just because he's a former Blackhawk, Chris Chelios is going to be joining guys like Mark Messier over at ESPN as an analyst. I don't see how anyone could dislike this. 
Chris Shaw is I, I I listen to Spitting Chicklets. He comes on there from time to time. He has he's hilarious. So it should be very fun to have him, you know, in an ESPN role. I feel like he might bring some spice, some flavor to the uh because I, I feel like Mark Messier does not have him as the type of person or Gretzky for that matter at TNT. I don't feel like either of them really have that personality. I've heard stories about Mark Messier, like Okay, well, t- time to mention Steve Dangle because you always have to. He was telling a story about how he met Mark Messier, and he was trying to do something. I don't know where he met him at, but he had Dangle had like a chocolate chip cookie, and he was trying to give it to Messier, and like do like like, 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 like a sketch for it for Sportsnet or something. And Messier was like, "No," like not like joking, like he was like, "No," like get the fuck away from me type. No, I was like, "Okay." He seems fun. So, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm glad Chaz is going there. Any thoughts about Chaz going to ESPN? I hope he uh, does one of the, the, the outdoor games. Um, is I love his story of how he was benched. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. The, the Red Wings. And then he was just drinking beer on the bench. Yeah. Because he, uh, what's his name? Uh, Mike Babcock's an asshole. Mike Fuck Babcock Mike. is just, I don't know why they're like letting him have a job, uh, you know, with, with the uh, NBC, I mean NBC. Okay, would... I don't think he'll have a job after. Yeah, no, I, he's definitely done. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I think that's a nice little good story to wrap up the podcast. I did I miss anything? Did I miss anything? Uh, let's check. Let's just check Instagram real quick in case I missed anything. Any news that came out? Uh, nah, I just see some more uh, more rumors about uh, Seth Jones and stuff. Uh, yeah, nothing. Heat to the to the Oilers still. Uh, yeah. Wait, hold on. Buffalo Sabres have hired Sam Ventura as a vice president of hockey strategy and research. That just happened. Um, yeah, that's about it. That's all I see. So, unless I missed anything, I think that's everything for this week. Uh, yeah. So, happy yep. happy late 4th, happy late Canada Day. Uh, happy late anything, birthdays, whatever. Uh, anything that was celebrated. Uh, and yeah, I don't have anything else to say. Eli, you good? Uh, yes, thanks for listening again. Yes, of course. So we'll be back next week for episode 22. Should be a Saturday. Hopefully we'll see how it works out. Where we will actually get into the games we've been to. Yes, yes. We will, we will finally get into it, I hope, until I say uh, – for I have it in the notes right now. It says games we've been to segment is just going to be thrown into the sun because I don't want to even pr- promise that we're going to do it. So I'm not promising it, but I will say it is – it could happen. That is all I will say. Probably will happen with one game this week. Right. Yeah. One game being played. Hopefully just free agency is until the, the 12th, right? Is it the 12th of July? It is, yeah. It's, it's a little bit away. So, if, uh, well, that will be, well, ooh, that will, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because it's the fifth right now. So it will be, yeah, we'll, it will be the, um, oh my God, the 10th when we do the next podcast. So yeah, we'll have, we should be good. We should, the news, there should be some news, but not too much. So yeah. Anyway, very long winded outro, but thank you. Like Eli said, for listening or watching or wherever you consume this podcast. We love you guys and we will see you guys next week.